There's some crinkling going on. Is that more washing? It might be. I'll get in my studio. I'm still moving around. No, he's scratching his ass. You need a little moisturizer on the sphincter there, Gavin. I need a lot. Oh. I need a lot of things is what I need. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right, are you ready? I'm totally ready. In are silent ready, spaces. I'm never ready. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do this thing. And welcome to yet another special edition of the Veteran Gamers interview. I'm joined. I'm excited again. I've got to say I'm really excited. Eventually, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but I am joined by Dave Fenoy and Gavin Hammond, who play Lee and Kenny in The Walking Dead, the video game. Ta-da! <laughs> hey, Stu, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Real good. And uh, thanks to the magic of uh, our technology now, uh, I'm in L.A., and Gavin, you're up there in the Bay Area. and up uh, here in the and, Bay. Thrilled to be and, here. And, Stuart, you are someplace uh, in the British Isles. I am. I am in a, a place called Lancashire. Lancashire. Uh, which is a count. Yeah, Lancashire. Cool. Um, where do you make things like hot pot? Have you ever heard of hot pot? I've smoked some hot pot. <laughs> slightly different <laughs> slightly just different. kidding i was going for the joke i've never i don't even know what pot is <laughs> no me neither I'm sure. it's a, you're cooking it right no there you, that's it there you go that's where the name comes from it's lamb so it's diced lamb potatoes carrots and sometimes it has a crust on top but sometimes it's just sliced potatoes oh so it could pot pie kind of sort of sort of what, but you don't have sides huh it sounds good yeah it doesn't yeah, it doesn't have sides. It only has a top. You know, it just oh. occurred to me that rather than talk about The Walking Dead, we should do recipes. We really should. I can start yeah, I mean, battling what, some off. What are, what are your favorite snacks, then? What do you go for? <laughs> um, well, I'm addicted to uh, a store here, Gingeroo's, from uh, Trader Joe's. Um, oh, yeah. Those are great. But I, I like to barbecue. I love a good steak. Uh, I do like my vegetables, and I try to avoid uh, the carbs. They're very healthy, I've got to say. I, I do what I can. <laughs> I've got kids, I'm... so I, I make as much starch as possible, because that's about <laughs> all they'll eat. So what, what sorts of things do you go for, Gavin, then? What's your favorite types of food? Uh, I love all kinds of food, and, and I'm blessed to be out here in the Bay Area where the food's really good. Um, but I, I cook mostly um, just because we got kids. We make a lot of pizzas at home, which my kids seem to really like a lot. They say my pizza is the best pizza, which they're so young and so naive. But uh, <laughs> And I like to barbecue as well. I've got a big green egg, which is like a fancy dark hole uh, smoker. So I, I try to use that. It's California, so we can use it even when it's... In the dead of winter. That's and right. We're, we're, we're crying the blues because it's 45 degrees. I know. It's so cold. 
<laughs> it's it's freezing here at the moment. We've got snow and everything. Oh, well, well, you know. yeah. We don't know anything about yeah. that. Global warming is a misnomer. Yeah. It is when you live where I do, I tell you. Yeah. It's very cold here at the moment. Where did it all start for both of you with the voice acting? You know, where did where did that all start for you? I was reading a comic book and in the back it said the lazy man's way to riches. And there was an article on uh <laughs> I'm kidding. I was getting really excited. I was going to look for that book. <laughs> no. Frame that. I, I, you know, I, and I, I don't know, Gavin, if your uh, experience is similar to mine. I I, um, I think it started when I was a kid enjoying cartoons and my mother making sure that uh, I could read. And then I was a child actor and uh, a musician for a while. Then I went into radio and became a DJ uh, up in the Bay Area and uh, discovered voiceover at that point and uh, decided I wasn't going to want to spin hits for teeny boppers forever and uh, made the move to uh, voiceover and, and uh, it was just a really good fit. Have you always done the voices then? So do, do you do different voices impressions? You know, you would copy things. Uh, when I was much, much younger, I used to do a real good Bill Cosby and some of the other uh, cartoon characters, a Snagglepuss and deputy dog and and uh those characters uh kind of over the years those kind of fell by the wayside uh while i was doing music and being a disc jockey but i was a morning jock and i did lots of crazy characters um rather than hire them i would be them uh and pre-record and have all the carts and stuff so i could have conversations with myself and the various characters which kind of explains a lot <laughs> for me i had no concept of what voiceover was i was kind of raised by mel blank just watching looney tunes and when someone explained to me that that was the same guy doing pretty much all the male voices i was kind of blown away by that and after that i got into the simpsons you know in the late 80s and early 90s and just never really thought people were doing these things or doing them for a living and I actually played Beautiful Joe and heard Dave Fenoy, of all people, his wow. Hulk Davidson character. And it was one of the first times that I was really like, that's a great voice and like a cool character. And um, I was also a musician. I played in a band in the, in the 90s and whatnot. And um, when we broke up, I started uh, working in construction. And my dad called me one day and was like, you got to turn on the radio because there's this woman from voice tracks in Sausalito named Samantha Paris. She was on a radio talk show and I heard it and I was like, Oh man, I should check that out. And so I did and kind of realized how much there is to it and just started taking classes and sort of went from there. But um, yeah, I'd always done silly voices and accents and whatnot. And would walk around the house doing them. Gavin, guess what? What? I took classes with Samantha Paris too. We got to start a band, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Exclusive. You heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Dreadman. Dreadman and so, Little White Guy. <laughs> so can I say, when I, when I interviewed Melissa, right, she did a mean impression of Bart Simpson. Oh, she does a so, phenomenal Bart Simpson. Don't so, hit the cow, I, man. Yeah, exactly. So I've got to ask you, do you do any really great impressions? Because you've got to do better than that. Can you do that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could do some Simpsons. Um, oh, Lisa, you and your stories. Bart is a vampire. Fear kills brain cells. Now let's go back to that building thingy where our beds and TV is. Oh, I, I, I've got all of that beat with this. 
Oh. That's a good go. <laughs> Excellent. I, you know, oh, that was good. It's it's. I don't really do um, uh, imitations of other characters. Uh, I'm often asked by agents to, uh, you know, can you do this voice or this voice or you know, give me another, give me a Morgan Freeman or uh, whatever. And that's really not what I do. I will do the auditions uh, with the caveat that you know you're never going to book me on this. I'm not. This that's not what I'm good at. Uh, I do create characters out of the voices in my head but i don't i don't really uh mimic uh other people it's a talent i don't have yeah i don't compartmentalize them that well i mean i'll try to get through a reference and try to get close to something but i'm usually pretty hard on myself about it and i'm like that totally doesn't sound like jack sparrow or whatever um and i usually just kind of let them go but they come up a lot too yeah, it's it's amazing how often we are asked to do that, and and sometimes <laughs> I don't know if this has happened to you, Gavin, but when you get the script and it says we're looking for a younger Dave Fenoy or <laughs> a la yeah. Dave Fenoy, yeah, and and whenever there there uh, I, I saw one, I there's a, a service called Hulu. I'm the voice of Hulu here in in the states, and uh, something came up. So we want somebody to do it like the Hulu guy, and I did it, and I didn't book it. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's totally the, that. That's like one of those classic stories where they want you're the spec and you do it, and then they don't hire you. So, ah, we really didn't want that. No, no, they want to that's... sound like Dave Fenoy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear my slate? Yeah. No. So, can I ask you both? Were you both fans of The Walking Dead before you took the roles? So, I mean, I was familiar with the material, but. You know, I, I wasn't like a diehard or anything. Pretty much, uh, pretty much the same for me. Uh, thought it was a pretty good show. I liked actually the graphic novel better. But when it when it when the audition came up, I uh, went to Hulu and uh, watched the <laughs> episodes of the uh, TV show. Uh, but it, it you know it was like oh okay, uh, people trying to survive uh, in a world gone mad with zombies. And uh, but the the specs really were what uh, got me to uh, get the part. They just wanted it to be very real and a regular guy uh, in extraordinary circumstances. How was the audition process? Did you both audition for more than one role, or was it just the roles you you got at the end? I did. I, I auditioned for uh, I think not Lee because Lee was specced as an African American character, and I don't try to do that. But I read, I think, for probably four or five other ones. And some of them actually came back for re-auditions. And, I, and Kenny wasn't one of the ones that came back. So, I mean, I just sort of assumed that, oh, I guess those have been cast and I didn't get any of them. So, bummer. But uh, I, well, I read as many as I felt right for. Yeah. I, I only read for Lee. It was kind of a fluke how I got the role. Uh, I had done a game um, a few weeks or months, or I don't remember what the timeline was, but uh, Law and Order, based on the TV show, I played a minor character that was involved in some criminal activity. I was a politician lawyer that uh, got caught at doing something wrong, and uh, not a big part in the thing. But one of the uh, guys at Telltale, Javier, heard me on that game and said, you know, this guy might do okay as as uh, lee everett let's give him a shot 
And that was because they had already hired somebody who had done the first episode. And after the fact, they decided that wasn't working. So it's, I'm very fortunate to uh, have gotten the role at all. Wow. So that's interesting. So you weren't the first choice in that case, I guess. You know, you know, Stu, <laughs> I never put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, it's interesting. But that, but you only auditioned after that person had been cast, then, I'm guessing. They had been cast and done an entire episode. Yeah, we had recorded at one. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, and I, I don't know who the guy is. I don't want to know his name or who he is. I feel bad for him because, it, you know, you, you get and, and we've all it's happened to me before to even cast for something and been replaced because it wasn't quite what they were looking for. But then to have this game go so huge, he's got to be, you know, beating his head against the wall. How was the audition process and was it was is it intense when you go for one? I mean, how does it feel? Do you just have to try and, you know, is it similar to going for like a, a television role or a movie role? Do you know? Well, I mean, I've only I only do voiceover and I don't really do any on camera or anything like that. I will say that Telltale puts a whole lot into their audition packets. You know, you get a picture of the character. You get a really good range of emotion. I remember Kenny's audition packet had a whole lot of just sort of initially meeting Lee, which is really sort of casual, but then, you know, sort of big arguments about, you know, whether or not Duck had been bitten. And I mean, it was pretty powerful range of stuff. And it's great because they give you a lot of direction. A lot of times you just get the lines and you don't necessarily know it's up to us to sort of fill in all the blanks. But Telltale really knows how to lay it all out, what they want. Uh, and I, I so agree with you. One of the things I liked about the audition for Lee was one, they said, look, we want this to be very real. This is, this is real people, real conversation. Uh, these are not, uh, you know, uh, call of duty characters or monsters or creatures. These are, these are normal people in extraordinary circumstances trying to survive. And my audition, I had conversation with Kenny, uh, uh, that was a little bit heated. A crazed moment uh, when someone gets shot by surprise, and uh, and I freak out, and and then some lines with Clementine, where I'm talking to a child. So I, I got I in in that audition I had to cover uh, a fair amount of range, and uh, I I think Telltale is on to something that a lot of the gaming companies are not on to, uh, which is really good characters that are more than two-dimensional and I, i'm not saying that to knock uh any of the the games or work i've done before because i sort of want them to hire me again <laughs> one of the comments that i hear all the time uh from people is this this is the first time you get sucked in to the game it's more uh interactive drama in many ways than than strictly gaming Definitely more emotional investment, you know, as opposed to where the mechanics of the game aren't as important as the story and the characters telling it. Bingo. Which, which makes it more, you know, almost more like a film or something like that you, that you're participating in. Yeah, it's just different than what a lot of other studios are doing. I think, I think, as you know, myself as a gamer, and obviously people who I know who are obviously gamers, you know, we're we're getting more and more interested in character-driven, story-driven games, you know, and I think developers need to 
sit up and listen, really, you know, because obviously, you know, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it, as they say, and, you know, the reaction to The Walking Dead from nearly everybody I know is universal praise, really. Yeah, well, you know, nothing succeeds like success, and, uh, you know, because this game has been so successful, I'm sure we're going to see uh, the other gaming companies trying to come up uh, with similar type game similar type uh relationships between characters uh, better story uh, uh more story character driven than uh just well how much action can we get in here let's yeah. blow some zombies man whoa yeah there's only so many firefights then you know that you can get through before they start just not being the same or not being as exciting as they were so can i ask were your friends before the walking dead did you know each other I didn't meet Dave until after we had recorded the fifth episode and I never got to hear any of, you know, I never really got to hear any of what, you know, Dave's performances or anything like that. I mean, I wish that I had, I probably would have done things a little bit differently, (laughs) but, um, we just, you know, we never really work with each other. You know, like when we're doing games, we, we, we're always almost, almost always in isolation. I I have never worked on a game where, uh, I got to work with, somebody else it's always you've got your lines you go in a studio and and you run them down and more often than not that's not that difficult because there's that two dimension uh, uh that you're working in you are a character this is how you react to things and you'll have a series of hello lines a series of goodbye lines a series of attack lines a series of i need help lines and so forth this was the first time that everything Thing was just dialogue. Aside from my uh, kind of saying out loud what I'm thinking as prompts for the gamer, everything in this game is dialogue between various characters, and how that dialogue goes is based on your relationship with that character and the situation that you're in. And it had to have been crazy for Telltale to make sure that all our voices and performances, energy levels and whatnot were matching. Yeah. Uh, I got to give them great kudos for that. Occasionally, I would hear a lot, somebody else who had been recorded before me, I would hear the line that was leading into my line or or maybe uh, Julian Kwasniewski, who was our, our uh, 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 vocal director, would read in with a line, uh, but you had to have the writers there giving you context, uh, what was happening. And, and oftentimes you've got a very short line and you, and just as an actor, not having the whole script, but only your line, you don't know <laughs> what it is you're saying and to whom, uh, and after, Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. This is when, uh, you know, you're talking to Kenny and he's picking his nose and, and you really want it. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> so let me ask you how do you get into the mindset of your characters because you were both very different characters to each other in the game so how did you sort of prepare you know considering i mean that you don't record together you know that you don't have that sort of context as, as you know the other actor being there how do you get into that mindset mm. i think it just helps the, the the writing is so strong in in that whole series that a lot of that job I felt like was done for me. All I really have to do is make the line believable and get it off the page. Um, for me, my mindset, I would just try to keep in mind, you know, I mean, I've got two kids, I'm married, I, you know, I don't know. I can relate to the kind of stuff that you'd go through to try to protect them. 
you know, and it's just about basically connecting with the, such a great script. You know, I, my my character Lee Everett's a he's a college professor who had discovered his wife having an affair and uh, killed, and was on his way to jail when the zombie apocalypse happens. Discovers this this young girl whose parents have left town to do something, and and now she's alone. This is a guy who has felt like his life was over, that he had blown it, he had screwed up, he, he was a failure as a husband, he, he was a failure as a person for taking lives. And for him, I really believe that taking care of Clementine is his redemption. Hmm. And I'm a father, I have a daughter, I channeled how much I care about her and the situations in her life where I really needed to protect her, not necessarily from zombies. Uh, <laughs> there was a Zoid she wanted to date at one time that uh, <laughs> I had to a zombie. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and also those, those, those decisions in my life that, uh, that I, I could have made better. And, I think we all in life have done some things that we would like to be forgiven for. We would like to redeem ourselves for. Uh, I know I've got some. And and I just translated the lines through the real me. So you just sort of use the influence of your normal day-to-day life to sort of bring that across as being a, you know, a family man and a father and all those sorts of things. I just, you know, what's it like when I have to kill zombies to protect a nine-year-old? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you have you have to connect to it in some way, you know. And I mean, the the best way to do that is to just find something in yourself that you can put into it to to make it real and feel legitimate. Otherwise, it's just going to feel and sound phony. Which is yeah. sometimes uh, I well in the in the, the the final scenes, I I really surprised myself. I had no idea that I would be so emotionally affected by the final scene in a, in a real way. I was in real tears. I was like a, a, a little kid whose ice cream cone got stolen and, uh, and, uh, found out, uh, mom was even with the mailman or something, um, feeling the loss, the separation, the disappointment. And, and maybe I'm, I'm I guess I'm not going to be able to protect, uh, my charge Clementine. And it surprised me. I I started off uh, okay. I'm I I know how to get to a place where my voice sounds like I'm, you know, uh, uh, regretful and sad and whatnot. But I, it was real. But I think we all felt that playing the game. You know, we. I mean, I you know certainly got a, a lump in my throat at the end. You know, I was so emotional. And, and many people I've spoken to felt the same way. I mean, Gavin, regarding your your character Kenny, you know, he had a bit of a well, it depends on, I guess, on the outcome of your story, but he has a bit of a, an ending where we're not really sure what happened to him, you know. So do you, do you think he survived in there or do you think he's, he is gone? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks bad. You know, I mean, that alley, it, look, it looks real bad. But one thing that was funny is we had, um, we had two recording sessions. We had what's called a pickup session where after you've done initial recording, they might change things or you're yelling too much. You're closer to that person. And I had tons of death audio, you know, gurgling, screaming, dying, being torn to pieces. And um, in when we came back to do the pickups, um, there was none of it. And they were like, yeah. And then it, it, 
interestingly enough, later on that game came up to me after the fact and was, um, or on that episode came up to me after the fact at the, at a rap party and was like, yeah, I erased all Kenny's death audio. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just, I threw it all away. And I was like, okay. But, um, I don't know. I think most people are pretty convinced that Kenny doesn't make it out of that alley. Spoiler. No, we, what? we don't know. We, don't worry about spoilers, people. <laughs> that spoilers here, so that doesn't matter. I think, uh, uh, gaming fans of mine, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure, Gavin, you get lots of questions from lots of fans uh, about what happened when, when's, when's uh, uh, the episode, when is uh, the next second series going to come out, so forth and so on. And one of the questions I get all the time is, uh, you know, so is Kenny okay? Did Kenny survive? And <laughs> I have to say, I don't know. Yeah, I it's, honestly, I probably have less information than anybody. I mean, I, I, I don't even for the longest time, I didn't even know how the game ended because, you know, I'm I'm lost in that alley and I didn't see anything after that. So I had to ask Melissa, I'm like, what happens? You know, it was just something that I, you know, we, we I just I hope so. Nobody knows. Nobody. See, everyone would like to think you survived. I think I would like to think <laughs> I survived, but yeah. for selfish reasons. <laughs> so, so be part of this. Yes. Yes. Too. So I could get, yeah. so I can ride this as long as I can. <laughs> so Paul Lee, he's definitely dead. <laughs> sure looks that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Zombie Lee in the next uh, in the next season. Maybe that's what it'll be. Hey, did you have any idea when you were doing the, you know, the initial voice acting, how big it was going to really be? Then I knew it was very different from the first session uh, because just regular dialogue and and uh, uh, reactions in between uh, the characters, but. Uh, I knew it was good, but I hadn't it, it would have the impact that it's having. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and again, since we're recording in isolation, I can feel like what we're doing is kind of cool, but I don't know what anybody else is doing. You know, there's 30 other people that are voicing, you know, the game, and it's like, I wonder how it's going. I have no idea. You know, it's like I didn't know how great it was going to be until I actually got to hear Dave's performance, and I was like, Oh, I love this guy. I, I love this character already. I can tell from him sitting in that cop car. I love that guy, and I'm going to follow him around and see what happens to him. But, I mean, I you really don't know until it all comes together. And even then, voice performances are different. Until it all comes together, we just we have no idea. It's such a relief to have it's like, oh, my God, it's it's great. Bingo. What he said. <laughs> so would you would you like to i mean you talked a little bit about the process and recording in isolation would you like to see that change in the gaming industry where you do work more with each other and record together then uh, i'm not sure that they can do it it would be nice um you know it, when you're doing uh, cartoons and animation you're usually uh working with uh several other actors or the whole cast and you go script top to bottom but especially in a an interactive game where the player gets to decide things, uh, decide what you're going to say, what you're going to do. There's so many line changes. So in each uh, scene, it might become unwieldy. And you also have to be careful, uh, you know, in animation. Uh, one of the big things you have to watch out for is, uh, is, is stepping on each other's lines. You have to leave a little gap there, even though everybody's on a different microphone. Uh, sound does carry, so you you have to make sure that uh, there's spaces in between what you're saying. Uh, 
Um, and to have that many lines, uh, and w- once again, that, that, that in and of itself, I don't know how many lines Gavin, you had, but in each episode I had at Me least neither. 1200 lines. Yeah. That's unheard of. And to have everybody there or, or five or six of us there on a, on a day, or several days where, okay, this guy's got 1200 lines. This person has 500 lines. This, and you're trying to mix and match. And okay, this time you're going to say this to this person. And this time you're going to say, I think it would be a nightmare. The directors would go crazy. And Dave, you'd be there for two weeks. I'd be there for per episode. You'd be up there for two weeks. It doesn't seem like it's feasible at this point. Yeah, I guess but if it was a totally story-driven where there wasn't all those choices and it was more like a film, I guess that wouldn't be so bad. But because there's so many variables within the script, I guess you're right, it would be very difficult to do, wouldn't it? Can I ask, did you both play the game once it was all fully released? Have you both played through it? I have not. I, I, I played okay. the second episode at uh, at one of the director's houses, but uh, I have a hard time playing stuff I've been in. Yeah. I, you know what's funny as an actor... And I, I bet Gavin's got the same thing. Sometimes, you know, much as you want to work and like doing the work, sometimes you don't like a viewing or listening to the work afterwards. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our toughest critics are ourselves, usually. That said, uh, I haven't played the game mostly because I'm not a gamer. I am a, a voice actor who does a lot of uh, gaming voice work. I have done playthroughs and watched other people's playthroughs of the game. And, and I have found, uh, the walking dead game to be, it sucks you in. It's so well, written, it's so well performed because of me. I'm saying that because of the, the entire cast. It's funny. I, having been on a lot of games and a lot of animation, I knew there was something special. I, I didn't know how, how popular this would be, but I, I felt compelled to, uh, Get the cast together. And I think it was the last episode. I, I got uh, folks from Telltale and, and, and Julian to, to set up a dinner. Uh, we, we had dinner at a restaurant, a little Thai restaurant in Fairfax. And I, I, I don't know why, but I just felt like I want to sit down and, and break bread with, with, with this group of people that I've, I've been on this journey with. And that doesn't often happen. And I guess as I look back, there was something that I knew about the specialness of this project, but you, you, you couldn't tell at all, you know, what it was going to become in terms of uh, the gaming industry. But uh, this is a great, great cast from top to bottom. Can I ask you, did you know, I mean, obviously you were recording the, the episodes as you went along, I'm guessing is the way it worked. So did you know what the outcome was going to be? Did you know that your character Lee was going to bite the biscuit at the end? <laughs> I didn't find out. I think we were at the end of episode three. And my first reaction when the head writer told me was, was not the best. And uh, I, I wasn't happy about it for very selfish reasons as an actor. You know, it's like, well, so I'm not going to be, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Moses. I don't get to the promised land, huh? Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I reconciled myself to it. I was like, okay, I'll do this freaking dying scene, Jesus. But <laughs> after the fact, and actually during uh, the, the, the doing of it, I realized what a tremendous opportunity it was as a voice actor. And uh, it is now my favorite episode 
because I got to go places uh, actors generally don't get to go. I mean, how was that last scene? You know, that sort of scene where, well, depending on how you played it, you know, I obviously handcuffed Lee to the uh, to the radiator and had Clementine sort him out, as it were. Yeah. It was emotional. And it even surprised me how emotional I got. And, and once again, I was... I was a blubbering uh, uh, fool, just crying like a baby, reading my lines, and it was real. I wasn't trying to make it happen. It just happened. I mean, for me, your character, Gavin, Kenny, uh, one of my sho- most shocking moments in the game occurs uh, with, with Kenny, which is when, when he kills Larry yeah. by dropping the, the block on his head. Well, I thought <laughs> Lee was supposed to do that. I wasn't supposed to do that. But, yeah, no, it's, it, it, there were a lot of surprises, things that would just come up you know and like i didn't know like the stuff with with katya and duck i didn't know how that was all going to play out i mean there was some foreshadowing in the audition packet that you know duck might get bitten but that was just the misunderstanding in the first one so when all of that kind of went down like i get there and they would just kind of sit me down and be like so this one's pretty heavy because your whole family's gonna die and like oh god okay and it's like yeah your wife's gonna shoot herself like oh geez come on you know just keeps on going and i would never know that stuff until i went in but my question for them would always be i would walk in and i'd be like do i die in this one and they'd be nope (laughs) you don't die in this one okay and they're like you'll probably die in the fifth one i'm like okay okay that's cool great i'm on board they they kept the game very true to the graphic novel uh, which is just bleak. The moment you think there's hope, it's snatched away from you. Yeah. And uh, despite the fact that it's hard and painful, I think it's one of the things that draws gamers to this game is that starkness, that bleakness, that that uh, tragic feeling uh, that you have while playing the game. Those left turns that kind of come out of nowhere that you don't see coming. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, the, the relationship between uh, Lee and Kenny, and, and it's kind of a love-hate, uh, we don't get along, but we need each other, and okay, well, now we are getting along, but now, now I'm, I'm depressed, and I'm, it was so lifelike, because this is, these are the kinds of things, not necessarily because of zombies walking the streets, <laughs> but that people go through uh the, you know substitute the zombies for i lost my job uh you know uh my my wife just shot herself till uh she's got a drinking problem uh my kids on drugs what i mean there are all kinds of scenarios that you can bring out of yourself that if if it's not in your life it's in the life of somebody you know to draw upon to to take you to that emotional place yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think as well what Telltale and, you know, the writers did so well was, you know, even even though Clementine survives at the end, it's still really bleak, is it? It's almost like there's no real hope for her. I mean, she's on her own. She's totally alone in the world. Kind of a scary place, isn't it, that for a nine-year-old child, I guess? Well, she'll, uh, you know, she'll she'll get slutty in, in, episode, in season two. Oh, wow. What a horrible you really prediction. Went there. You really went there. Um. What about the Video Game Awards, the Spike Video Game Awards? How, how was that for you both then? Well, let's see. Uh, we were nominated in five categories, and we, in, including one for me for uh, Best Male Voice. We won all five except for one, which was for me for 
I vote so for how, you, man. You know, but you know, when, once you, you, you put it all in perspective, I never, ever in a million years would have thought that uh, I would have this kind of attention and honor uh, in my voiceover career. And to be part of a game and play the lead character in a game that is, has gotten almost 60 or 60 or more nods as game of the year. Jory said it's 70. Yeah, 70 now, apparently, okay. which is bizarre. How can you feel bad about that? Yeah, really? Uh, you know, and, and I, I feel that way for all of us that have been a part of this. If there was one good performance, it wouldn't have happened. So it it, it really is a, a collective effort, uh, you know, the great acting, the great directing. It really was the perfect storm, uh, the iconic Walking Dead franchise. It all just came together. This is the kind of thing that happens so infrequently, so rare. And perfect storm and, wow, number one game – Game of the Year by more than 70 publications. And how can you not like that? I mean, and and with good calls as well. I mean, I think, you know, both of yourselves gave great performances in it. Obviously, Melissa did and and all the rest of the cast. I mean, you're right. It was was just one of those moments in gaming where everything just clicks, doesn't it? You know, and the the script was excellent, you know. And mechanically, it, it did have some issues. You know, occasionally it didn't work as well as it could do. But you almost sort of overlooked and forgave it for that because everything else was just so good yeah absolutely and there's always going to be bugs i mean the video games are so incredibly complicated and there's so many different pieces and areas and whatnot it's it, it's always going to happen i mean it was our game of the year it, it was my personal game of the year and it's just got a lot of love from from more or less everybody you know what i mean that's it's just such a great thing and like I say the vga awards was great and it's just everything really if anyone's listening who wanted to become a voice actor, what would you advise them to do then? Give it up! Uh, yeah, don't. Don't even bother. Man, really tough. Don't start. No. I would say the easy things that you can do is to just listen. Listen to the things you hear on the radio. Listen to the things you hear on the TV. And try to really kind of zone in on what it is you're hearing. Um, it's, there's tons and tons of examples of people that are doing it really well and making money doing it, you know, all around you. So it's, it's, and I think beyond that, you know, uh, for me, it's, you can't really enter the, the business without taking classes and learning kind of how to approach different kinds of scripts and different, you know, different opportunities and to just figure out what it is in yourself that, you know, you can bring to it while still being true and not sounding fake. I have to agree with everything that uh, Gavin just said. I liken uh, voice work to being a musician. The best players have learned from the better players that came before them, you know, and they they learn the licks, you know, the of the, the, the Jimi Hendrixes and the whatever great musician you want to listen to. They learned their licks, then made them their own. A lot of people will copy other people's voices uh, or performances and never really touch on what it is special within themselves that touches the hearts and minds of people listening. And I I really think that is the most important thing is to whatever character you're doing, no matter how different from you that character is, you, you really still have to touch a place of truth within yourself to touch other people. 
That's very true. Not that I'm ever going to do that, but, you know, that's very good. You've got a good voice. Good advice. I try my best. I, I try my best. I don't think what your voice sounds like matters. And that's the finest compliment that I think any of us, for, for me personally, the, the finest compliment I can get, ever get from anybody is that they're like, I just heard that and it was the character. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking about a voice or a person doing a voice. I just saw the character there. And I mean, I think that's really what it's all about is to be able, especially in interactive and animation, is to just make somebody feel like they're not hearing a voice. They're seeing a character come to life. Right, just to finish off, I have got a couple of, of random questions. Okay. It was, I didn't do it. Yeah, it so wasn't the, me. The, the first one is from one of our female listeners. Ooh. Uh, ah. Yeah. Ooh la la. Yeah, SLH, and she says, Dave, you have a totally sexy voice. Can I have your number? I've got it. I'll send it to her. <laughs> Oh, am I supposed to actually? No, I'm not guessing your number. <laughs> she's waiting now. She's she is sat there with a pen and pad, waiting patiently now. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not happening, but you know, it's very flattering for you, though. <laughs> so, nowadays, it's so easy to find anybody. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and can I can I ask you what can you do your best British accents? Then you know, let's let's hear them. What are they like? Go ahead, Gavin. Pro, do you have a particular region you want me to try to do, or just in wow? Different? I get to choose. Wow. Um, I, I, not okay. necessarily, but I, I I recognize that there are thousands of different British accents. There are, but would you? Which ones do you know then? Which ones do you know? Well, I could do just straight sort of London and just appropriate and English and very proper and that sort of thing. Um, something yeah. like that. I don't know. You said that. It was very very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very much obliged. That's quite good because it, you know, what well, lots of people tend to do is do the Cockney accent because they think that's how everybody sounds in the UK. Well, I mean, if you want that, we can do that as well. But that's oh, no, that's more Scottish. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, it was slipping. a bit Scottish. It was, it was, it was good though. Thank you. As long as it was uh, good, I don't care where it's from. <laughs> I was actually, I played a show. My band, we were playing a show in Scotland, and I was loading out gear in an elevator with like a a very large Scottish man and I'm moving stuff out. And I, I did my little Scottish accent for him and he just kind of stopped and looked at me and said, that's not bad. And I was like, Whew. he's not going to, he's not going to kick my teeth in doing an accent. I was in London and uh, this was years ago. And I was looking for an address on a street that was named L O C H E S T E R. Oh yeah. And, um, I'm, couldn't find it on the map. I knew I was in the right area. I'd taken the train there. And, and, uh, and this woman walks by and I said, excuse me, uh, can you tell me where Glock- Gloucester is? Uh, and she and she looks at me funny. Uh, Gloucester. And, and she says, oh, let, let me have a look at it, honey. And I uh, showed it to her. Oh, you mean Gloucestershire. <laughs> she to where it was, you know, it was a few blocks away. And then she looked at me and she says, and they say we speak the same language. <laughs> you guys don't say that. We say that. Yeah. Brits probably would say that we speak American. Do. Yeah. It's, it's shameful. Yeah. It's not shameful, Doug. Yeah, it's American. That's right. There you go. American. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with um, American. So what's next for both of you then? What are you what are you up to next? I'm about to start doing uh, more localization for a um, for Furby. I'm the, the Furby toy, 
And for some reason, I, I talked um, Hasbro to let me do the localization for it. So I'm speaking foreign languages in character voices. I had no idea why I would try to get this work, but for the money. I start doing that in the, the next week. So I'm, I'm dreading it. Uh, and what about you, Dave? I am going to do more of, of what I've been doing uh, the last 20 years. Of the voice of Hulu, uh, as long as they'll have me, I'll continue doing that. Uh, more games. I'm on a graphic novel called Anomaly right now that is quite thing. It is a graphic novel, but with the Android, the free Android and iPad apps, you can look at the book through those, and the pages come to life, and you hear the characters and see the action. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm on uh, a lot of games, StarCraft, uh, WarCraft. I'm doing a series of narrations right now for Animal Planet here in the United States. Actually, they have one in the UK. I don't know if they run the same programming uh, called uh, The Wild Deep on uh, Ocean Life. I have had the great blessing of, of variety in my career so uh you know it's commercials it's tv promos it's live announces for shows uh it's narrations for educational programs uh animation and of course games can i ask you one more question i mean because obviously if you, if you were tv actors or film actors it'd be obviously a lot more recognition for yourselves and sort of you know you'd you'd get that publicity how how do you feel that should change for you know especially voiceover actors and game actors oh i don't know i, th- I think i for one i i like the the relative anonymity of doing voiceover um i i like it's it's cool to get you know good press and to have people sort of interested in what we do but you know, I, for me, it's just a labor of love. It's something I just really enjoy and feel like I, I'm pretty good at it. So it's recognition is sort of secondary. That, you know, I, I, I very much agree with that. And at the same time, I look at uh, if given a TV show that had the popularity of this, we would be making a lot more money. And that's not to say that we aren't uh, uh, doing okay financially. We're in a business uh, of gaming that makes as much money as the movies do. As a matter of fact, it pulls in more money than the movies do. But there are residuals or back-end deals for voice actors. Were we actors in a, a movie, television show, a residual when the game or the when the movie is sold overseas, uh, there'd be, uh, you know, some other forms of compensation coming. Uh, and that just doesn't happen in the, the gaming world. Animation, whole different thing. You know, the, the Simpsons actors, well, they had to take a pay cut from $8 million a year to $6 million a year. But uh, oh, Sorry, I was, I was weeping inside at that. Yeah. But I, I think as, as um, gaming continues to grow in... And especially the kinds of games of, like The Walking Dead that really bring character and the acting forefront, that we're going to start seeing some uh, difference in that. The gaming popula- the, the population of gamers is older. They're more sophisticated. They are uh, seeking uh, better performances, better games, and they uh, have the geek factor where they are paying attention to who the voices are, who the actors are that are uh, 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 voicing uh, their favorite characters in these games. And uh, in many ways, uh, we are rewarded by um, their fanship, by the fact that they show up at conventions, uh, which 
I've just started being asked to go to conventions to uh, say hello to fans of the Walking Dead game, and 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 that's a good thing. So I, I, I think the uh, fan base is going to variety uh, to those of us on their favorite games. Well, what I'd like to do before I let you go, I'd just like to do a few quick thank yous. Um, so first of all, thank you to both of you for coming on and and chatting with me. It's been uh, great. Um, if not a little frustrating to begin with, we did have some issues with the recording, but we got there eventually. Um, I'd like to do some thank yous to some of the listeners who have sent in questions, which is uh, Susan, Seth, Philip, Jason, Duke, and Chris all sent us in some questions to, to ask you guys as we've been going along. Uh, and, and finally, do you want to give out some social networking information or where people can find you before I let you go? Go ahead, Gav. Sure. Um, you can find me. Uh, I'm Gavin Hammond on Twitter. It's G-A-V-I-N-H-A-M-M-O-N. Um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I'm Gavin Hammond VO. It's pretty much all with that name. There is another Gavin Hammond, but he's a, a male model. So if you get a really attractive guy when you Google that, you're, you, you have found the wrong one. <laughs> he's married with kids. He's I am very- married with kids. I... Thank you to any fan that likes The Walking Dead and has appreciated uh, work I've done on it or any other. Friend me on Facebook, my page, Dave Fenoy, voice actor. Follow me on Twitter at Dave Fenoy. And uh, check out my website, Dave Fenoy, where, where you too can purchase Dave Fenoy paraphernalia. And, and, and Oh my God, I totally have to buy it. some Dave Fenoy paraphernalia. I'm going right now. Very Dave Fenoy and Gavin Hammond, the Lee and Kenny Walking Dead doll. That would make me immensely happy, honestly. That would be happy, but you know what, Gavin? We we are doing, we love to, we're getting paid for it. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we're happy for Gavin too, but I, I would say we are happy campers because we have careers that uh, bring us a whole lot of joy. Totally. You can speak for me anytime you want. <laughs> Please speak for me. I, th- I guess the last thing I need to say is, well, keep keep up the great work. And if Kenny is back in season two, Damn it. That'll, crossed. Be very, that'll be very cool, I have to say. You know, I think they'll have done a good job. Thank you again for coming on. And I guess say bye-bye to the listeners. Bye-bye, Thanks, listeners. listeners. Thank you. Uh, we, I'm, I'm sure, once again, I'm speaking for you again. Please. Uh, you're uh, talking with us uh, and making us special. Um, and, and I know we both feel just pleased to be part of this uh, game and uh, and and to be talking to you. It's been an honor. Well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Atop the crags and cliffs, the air is thin. Find a mountain path on down the hill Meet me where the snow melt blows It is there my